Moncrief on News Talk. Now, there was a recent employment tribunal case in the UK where a security guard had been fired by his employer for repeatedly turning up late for work. The man admitted that he was regularly late but explained that this was because he is dyslexic and has difficulty telling the time and he won the case. So is this a reality for people with dyslexia or an unhelpful stereotype that might put prospective employers off? Donald Ewing is Head of Policy with Dyslexia Ireland. Good afternoon, Donald. Good afternoon, Sean. How are you? Uh, not too bad. Now, we, I suppose we can't know the particular details, all the details of this case. But it, does that, that story, or at least what we know of it, does that sound familiar to you? Is that something people with dyslexia might struggle with? Uh, so the, the headline is a little bit um, unfamiliar. It's a little bit um, out of the blue, if you like, in terms of what we normally would be talking about in terms of dyslexia in the workplace. Um, we do know that people with dyslexia occasionally have organisational difficulties, but um, without seeing the judgment and the individual details, it strikes me the headline may be a little bit misleading and maybe there's more well, dry detail involved. It is the Daily Mail, so I don't think that's a major <laughs> shock to any of us and it might be a little Indeed. bit misleading. <laughs> but, but take a little bit more about this uh, struggling with organisation. Well, someone with dyslexia, if they are, for example, being sent by email maybe a new schedule, they might have some challenges in uh, quickly getting their head around what the implications of a new schedule might be. It may be that a timetable where it might make sense to the person sending it might need a wee bit of explanation or maybe a phone call or a quick meeting to check that the understanding is there. That's a bit different from saying it's absolutely fine to turn up late for work every day, which seems mm. to be unreasonable. Yeah. Yes. I think the, the law in, in this area is definitely on employees' side. It's about making sure that people aren't discriminated against. And what I wonder about this case is perhaps the judge found that the workplace, or the employer in this case, hadn't done enough by way of reasonable adjustments to show that they had tried reasonable things to help this individual. Again, chances are that judges don't make snap decisions without very dry, careful analysis of the law. And I would be interested in seeing the detail of this judgment before making any kind of clear Yes, uh, indeed. Yeah, but in in the, in those kind of instances, what kind of efforts can employers make to help people with dyslexia? Well, the law's terminology is quite helpful. Actually, it says reasonable stuff, reasonable mm. adjustments. So it's saying, you know, again, following up maybe an email with a meeting to check that the understanding is there, um, being flexible on occasion if somebody is late for good enough reasons, which may be related to having an issue with uh, telling the time or maybe related to a number of other things. We'd expect most employers to be flexible and reasonable with some tardiness on occasion. I don't think we'd expect many employers to be okay with a tabula rasa, a blank slate of turn up when you want. That mm. seems to be very difficult to run a business or somebody's replacing a shift. You know, that means someone else has to wait for that person. So there would be that balance of what seems to be reasonable to help that individual and then what seems to be unreasonable. On the face of it, some of this seems a wee bit unreasonable to expect an employer to be completely fine with turn up when you want, almost. Yeah. And I think it doesn't help um, the profile of dyslexia sometimes to for cases like this to get an undue focus sometimes because the majority of issues that people with dyslexia face at work are very dissimilar to this sort of thing. Sorry, yeah, I, and I can see your dog has strong opinions on this too. Uh, the, uh, how, how could you blame him? Uh, the, <laughs> generally speaking, would, you, would your advice or the, the, the advice of Dyslexia Ireland for people with dyslexia applying for jobs, should you declare that to your employer? I know there's no, no necessity to do that, but you know, would it be useful to do that? 
Indeed, there's no necessity. So disclosure is quite a difficult uh, subject at times. It can be a bit complex and a bit sensitive for individuals with dyslexia. At the time of applying for a job or interviewing, there may be some concern that that information isn't absolutely necessary for mm. the purpose of the interview. And there may be some individuals who prefer to withhold that information until maybe they commence the job where they can have that discussion on an ongoing basis about the types of adjustments that then can be made mm. to help them. But um, the key thing is recognising the strengths and talents that that individual have and making sure there's no soft barriers or benign discrimination where there's misunderstanding about what they might not be able to do or might not be able to do as well as other people. And again, things like this would be unrepresentative of a dyslexic person. My experience would be high level of diligence and um, timekeeping and organisational skills because where there are challenges, um, my experience of dyslexic people would be make massive efforts to make sure that doesn't become an issue rather than making it an issue. And, and for employers now, you know, People, everyone can turn up late for work, as you say, somewhat of a misleading headline. That, but, yeah. but for employers, the amount of accommodation that they have to do, it, is it much accommodation? Is it, is it a small bit of effort? Uh, by and large, it's, it's, again, going back to that key word, it's reasonable. It's what is reasonable. The law says in terms of effort or in terms of cost. So often the types of adjustments are completely cost neutral and very low impact. It's often about employers having an understanding about the pressures or stress that an individual with dyslexia might be under in certain situations. So, for example, someone with dyslexia might find minuting a team meeting quite challenging because they're trying to participate, take notes, summarise complex discussions in real time. However, chairing that meeting might be their absolute strength. So it might just be an employer saying, OK, I would like you to chair the team meeting twice as much. And uh, and other people on that team might be delighted not to have to chair the meeting because their strength lies in other areas. Mm. So it's playing to strengths rather than dwelling on, on areas of challenge. Is there, do you think, enough of an understanding of what dyslexia is? You know, I mean, other than uh, aren't they people who just mix up letters? Yes, I think there are some caricatures and rather... Um, kind of not very well informed views about what dyslexia is and that is all often a challenge and it's something that we work hard to try to to inform the general public and employers schools colleges etc what dyslexia is and how it affects individuals a key message we try to give is that while it's a helpful term in terms of understanding general issues that we present it's really important to speak to the individual with dyslexia and find out what their particular needs are what their particular strengths and prof—sorry, uh, their profile of strengths and difficulties are—and then working to strengths and working around difficulties. So, we do need to keep our uh, an openness to understanding around this. But my message to employers would be: speak to the individual, and that's going to be your greatest source of information. And if you want general kind of support and advice, then the Dyslexia Association of Ireland is here. We provide a range of information, webinars and seminars uh, to that end. Mm. And, and I suppose you kind of touched on a point there. Just, uh, uh, you know, the, we're, we're talking a scale rather than one fixed condition and everybody experiences it in exactly the same way. Absolutely, absolutely. If you know one person with dyslexia, you know one person with dyslexia. I mean, it's a, it's a truism because it's true. And it's really making sure that employers or line managers or colleagues have ongoing discussions with individuals and also recognising where people prefer or choose not to disclose that that is an absolutely their right. And there is a variety of views, points about that. And, and that can change over time. It can change with role, can change with uh, line manager, can change with employer. So it's recognising that individuals have 
that flexibility to choose, but also the employer has that legal responsibility to make sure they're making reasonable adjustments. And that might be where law, um, where judges find employers to have not done enough. It may be that the adjustments haven't been regular or reasonable enough in scope or, or length of time that they've been implemented for. Uh, a couple of uh, comments that have been sent in to us while we've been talking. Dermot says, I worked in a hotel where a food server who had dyslexia was being picked on by the head chef. He hounded her because he said he couldn't read her order on the pass properly. Needless to say, he got his comeuppance and was edged out eventually by the new general manager. The lady with dyslexia is still there. Moral of the story is she wasn't that bad, but the head chef played on it, uh, says Dermot. Uh, someone else says, I believe one of my staff has dyslexia and my son is dyslexic, so I am quite familiar with the signs and I can see it in her work. She has never said it nor explained her mistakes uh, and rescribed them to her dyslexia. Would your guest suggest I say it to her and ask if she's dyslexic so that I can make accommodations for her? I don't want to upset or offend. Yeah, that's a tricky one because especially if that individual is switched on to the signs and understands, I think that person could provide support and accommodations without it being a formal process, respecting that individual's choice, it seems, not to disclose at this point in time. I'm not sure if I would take the first move, but I would certainly think about how I can make the team or the organisation as dyslexia-friendly as possible. And a lot of focus now on diversity in the workplace is trying to flag that the organisation, the office, the employer is pro-diversity, pro-learning difference so that people feel that this is a culture where they can disclose safely without fear of maybe the types of um, responses that your first uh, commenter had there about someone mm. who had a terrible experience, which is sounds to me like plain old bullying in the workplace, yeah, to be quite yeah, honest. Yeah. How are schools doing nowadays? Schools do an amazing job, by and large. One of the issues we have is we don't train our teachers well enough about dyslexia. Um, Our association conducted a survey uh, two years ago. Uh, Over 500 teachers were asked how comfortable and confident they felt supporting dyslexic students when they qualified from their teaching qualification. 93% of them said they didn't feel confident or competent enough. Now, that's pretty stark. And it's not a criticism of teachers there, but it is a criticism of how we train teachers where we don't have mandatory modules on how to support individuals with diversity or learning difference. They're often choice modules or they certainly don't go into enough depth or breadth in order to you know, really cover the sort of ground that we need to cover for 20% of our learners who don't learn in a traditional linear way. Donald, thanks a million for speaking with us today. That was Donald Ewing there, Head of Policy with Dyslexia Ireland. Moncrief, weekdays at 2pm on News Talk.